0: opportunity and the experience and the lessons from people I could be the best but right now i don't even wish to be the best i just want to be one of them
1: transition noun one uncomfortable ends followed by hopeful new beginnings two the way the universe gives us lessons we need to learn and keeps us on the paths that are best for us three a positive process we can trust and the opportunity for rebirth Hello and welcome and thanks for tuning in to the very first episode of The Transition Podcast. Let this be your debrief from a long day, your breath of fresh air, and I want you all to realize that you are not alone in this never-ending transitional period that it feels like in life. I'm calling out mainly to Generation Z, Gen Z. I want this to be our space, our hub, to talk about tough topics, to get through this period together and maybe the next period and the next after that. I go by Apollo and I will be your host and your guide for this year podcast. For this intro episode, I really wanted to tell you all what my purpose is behind this one thing that I learned post-grad that life was full of transitional periods and talking more so on the topic for this episode being sheltered being sheltered kept me from going through those transitional periods and I realize post-grad now that you will be more so in a period of transition than you will be in a period of stability in this lifetime and maybe even the next so, the purpose of this podcast is to uplift the next generation Gen Z, and also, I feel like it could benefit other generations as well because even though they might be all been there done that. Glad to hear y- y'all still going through it or happy to hear somebody's here to help. but I really want to help Gen Z generation Z um in these transitional periods as we mature and matriculate into adulthood um starting families starting starting careers and just starting new hobbies starting new lifestyles becoming who were who we are really meant to be and getting through these tough transitional periods together i know for me and my whole thought process behind this podcast happened during probably one of the lowest periods of my life because i was just graduated and i i noticed A pattern with myself of, you know, hopes and dreams and all these big things that I had after college that I wanted to accomplish falling through and not just for me when I would talk to other people, I would notice that they were going through the exact same thing. Um, Just obviously, you know, different circumstances, of course. But I, I noticed myself and a lot of people around me just falling into a period of despair, a period of hopelessness um, after graduating. And even those who, um, those peers around me who I had, who've been graduated or who chose not to have the route of college, I've noticed transitional periods for them too. And I noticed that they always felt that no one was there to help them through those periods, through those tough times. So that's why I created this podcast because sometimes I feel that we always, when we go through these transitional periods, we feel alone. We feel that nobody hears us, nobody's listening to us. Everybody always has their two cents, their two opinions, but they never really truly take the time to listen to understand what we are actually going through. And I want this to be a safe space for us to realize that, you know, I am not alone, you are not alone. In a space where we can talk about things and talk through things together so that we're able to move past things. So I want to touch a series of topics, including this first one that's going to be my intro of being sheltered. Um, and we'll obviously talk more about that later. I have my girl Amber here and we're going to talk through that tough process together. But I have other things I want to cover, such as self-love, the transition of loving ourselves, expectations, sexuality, loss, different forms of loss, because there are several forms of loss, dating, purpose versus passion, spirituality, religion, and so, so, so many more topics. I already know what I want to do for the second episode. And I'm so excited for you all to hear this one and the next one. But also one thing that I wanted to do to not always talk about like such heavy things on each episode. As a Black woman, I always strive to uplift my community. And one way that I want to lift uplift it is through my podcast. So each episode I'll be highlighting a Black owned business. And this week I'll be highlighting Jay's visuals with a Z. I'm so, so, so happy to promote this business, mostly because I know um well i see the way he grinds so hard for his brand and and what his passion and what he works for and that makes me even want to go harder for him and support him in the best way that i can so i want to give you a little snippet of what it's about jays visuals means vision for expression meaning he wants individuals to use his brand to express the vision they have for themselves Founder Jalen sells clothing, canvases, stickers, rugs, bath mats, and he has so many more ideas for what he wants to do. As an artist, he wants his art to be commercially available as possible to as many people as possible. So that's why he has so many different forms of art. So I want you all to please, please, please slide over and give Jalen a follow on Instagram at Art. That's J-A-Y-S-V-I-Z-U-A-L. S-A-R-T. Support his work and, of course, always tell a friend. Now, without further ado, let's get on with the show. All right, y'all. So I just want to thank my girl, Amber, for coming to talk about a topic so near and dear to both of us, uh, being sheltered from such a young age and sprouting out of that or attempting to sprout out of that in adulthood and college. Um So, Amber, welcome. Would you like to introduce yourself? Like, tell us a little bit about
0: you. I'm super excited to be here. Um, I've known Apollo since high school. And... um, Honestly, before that. Yeah, literally. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Like, and it's just been such an honor to be their friend. And um, I'm just really grateful to be here today. I. A little bit about me. Yeah, I'm a recent HBCU graduate, and um, my field was biochemistry. And I'm really grateful to actually work in the cannabis industry.
1: Serious. And I'm a
0: cannabis chemist. And yes, I am. Yes, I just I'm happy to be able to combine a passion of science with something I really like, which is weed, and everybody likes Mm
2: weed.
0: Um, but. That's just a little bit about me, um, but I'm just really excited to be here today to talk about um, the topic of being sheltered, uh, especially because it's just different for everybody's experience um, And when we first started talking about this, it was interesting to talk about it with you because I'm coming from a perspective of being an only child, Mm
2: -hmm. while
0: you're coming from a perspective of being the youngest child. And it was just really interesting to see the parallels and um, differences between our stories, but just honestly, a lot of parallels. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely.
1: Definitely. So I'll get into the first question, and we're just gonna like bounce off of each other because we both experience this. So I just think that's really cool that we can go ahead. So, um, what is your definition of shelter?
0: Um. So yeah, basically, like I said, I definitely feel like it's based on someone's experience. Uh, for me personally, uh, I'm an only child, and honestly, I never really considered my parents to be, like, extremely strict, because I've known some people with some strict parents, Yeah, like, of course. I don't have Halloween parents, mm-hmm. shit like that. but, like, but no, but, um, I never really saw my parents as necessarily strict, uh, specifically speaking to my mother, um, but one thing I did notice as being an only child, for me, shelter to me was, um, yeah, I couldn't go certain places, but some things were just done for me automatically yeah. um, as a child. And, um, you know, going through that, like, it, you know, as a kid, you're not thinking anything of it because in my mind, it was just something that parents do. Like, okay, they're going to take care of this for me because their mom or like their dad or whatever. Right. And stuff like that. But, um, I never really had much of a grasp of, the realities of my household being a child because of certain information that they would withhold from me. Mm. Um, See, like that's something that I ended up talking with my mom about in high school, but basically they, I feel as though to put it simply or plainly, I guess it was as if I was a child and I was put on a child's need to know
1: basis on certain things in life. And, um, yeah. I feel like that's you, like a big thing in the black community too. Like it's yeah. always like a need to know like you, you you don't want to get out of a child's place, quote unquote. Exactly. And like I don't know, I just think that's such a toxic mindset because it keeps kids from being able to express themselves sometimes because you, you don't want to come off as disrespectful. So I definitely Exactly. Um for me, I would say being sheltered it stopped me from being exposed to a lot of stuff that I needed exposure to. Like mm-hmm. shelter, honestly, equals exposure to me. Like there were so many things that I wanted to do as a child. There were so many things that I wanted to experience, but I wasn't allowed to because my mom, um, which is like my my parent, because, you know, of how mm-hmm. family works. Like, yeah, so my <laughs> yeah. main parent, my mom she kept so much from me because she was trying to protect me. Mm-hmm. So like being sheltered yeah. turns into like a form of protection. Um, And now I think about it now, like some of it was right because yes, but some of it, you, you can't protect your child so much from the world. You have to let them experience something. And I exactly. think that's, I think, you know, I think there's, there are a lot of experiences that I wish I would have been able to have, but because I was so, you know, sheltered and like kept off from certain things, I wasn't allowed to have those experiences.
2: Hmm.
0: Yeah. It's just certain things that, um, I just remember, uh, being a child and kind of like, you know, like you were saying, how your mom would struggle so much to protect you. Um, but yeah, it's just like, I never, like, I understood when my mom would tell me that, you know, we don't have it like that. We don't have it like that. You know, I may not be able to get you this now, but, you know, we'll make some shit shake. But uh, mostly it was just about not really understanding the emotional stress that it was putting on her because Mm -hmm. that same stress is being relayed back to me in different ways. Exactly. And so now, now, right, now she's um, projecting and... She's stressed about. She's stressed out about something going on in the household, and I have no clue what's going on. I have no clue why she's just snapping
2: mm-hmm. over
0: something completely random, like a fucking fork on the floor or some stupid okay. shit. You know what I'm saying? But like, it's just like that's why I just feel like open communication with children and just about your emotional state, so that you know you're not in this. You're not in a, a position where you're just lashing out on somebody because of your emotional state, and it's not like it's your fault, but you know, how you treat others, that that's all you.
1: People but yeah. literally won't know unless you tell them. And, like, yeah, I feel like a part of being sheltered is people or adults not treating their kids as people. Like, because kids yes. are people, too, you know. Um, exactly. Get on with the next question. Um, <laughs> Do you feel like you've missed out on any life experiences from being sheltered?
2: Um... Honestly, I
0: don't think, I have to say I had a very um, fortunate life, like there was struggle, but um, I was always doing something, you know, I was put in classes or I was going on trips and stuff like that, you know, vacations. And um, I feel like one of the things that I did miss out on, <laughs> t- kind of like kids stuff, like um, aspect of like sleepovers and I feel like a lot of black people know about this
2: mm-hmm.
0: sleepovers uh hanging out for like birthday parties
2: and stuff like that mm-hmm.
0: um that going through a process of wanting to go to somebody's party and just instantly knowing or thinking like oh yeah My mom would never go for that shit. Like, Mm
1: -hmm. like
2: y'all, it's gonna be a problem. Like, I won't be able to do that. Now that's real.
0: Exactly, and and it's real, and it's like, and it's like, the thing is, in the moment, as a kid, it was just like, oh, she like, I know she's not gonna go for this. Like, she's so meticulous. Like, she has to know the parent. If she has no relationship with the parent, um, uh, she she needs their numbers. She needs to have a phone conversation. Even that's not enough because you know, it's just like a trust thing at the time. I didn't know it was a trust thing. Mm -hmm. I just saw it. as like, okay, no, I can't go. And you're Mm -hmm. saying it in a berating, you're saying it in an aggressive tone, you know, and it's like, no, you're not going to that. Nope. You won't be going. Nope. Stuff like that. Instead of now that I'm older and I'm understanding and we're seeing stories in the news of sleepovers going wrong. Um, unfortunately, um, the beautiful girl that is Kanika Jenkins and her entire story and how just yes. going to different places with people that you aren't familiar with is extremely fucking dangerous. Like
2: mm-hmm.
0: fatally dangerous. Now like so going to sleepovers as a kid, you know, that's a hard topic to express with your child, but it doesn't mean that it shouldn't be talked about nonetheless. Right. Um, now, do you have to go into gory details? No, I don't, I don't think so. But if my mom would have came to me and told me, you know, I just don't feel like this is going to be a safe space for you um, because dangerous things happen in the world. And, you know, even putting the severity and the intensity behind it is important without making me feel like, oh, like my mom just doesn't want me to go places. Like that's just that exactly, it's like the open communication thing, like just talking to your child is
2: like a human being, you know what I'm saying, mhm, yeah,
1: that now that's real, like I'm trying to think like as far as I mean that's how I described sh- shelter was like experiences and stuff, as far as experiences with me, I think I missed out on just being able to. I would definitely say the sleep open part, but, like, definitely just being able to, like, generally, like, have fun without fear of, like, what my, what my parent would say, what my mom oh, would say. Oh, my God. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, like, being able to, like, really express myself, like, there, I remember in high school, I will always have to, like, I'm not going to say big. But, like, don't you know how we would go to, like, high school games, high school football games, and, like, all that Mm -hmm. stuff. Like, even stuff like that, like, that was so hard for me to go to. Like, I need to know who you going with, where you going to be at this time. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, a part of it, I I was like, okay, I get it. But another part, I just, I don't know, I just felt uncomfortable Mm -hmm. going sometimes. I was just like, what is it even worth it if I have to do all this to go? (laughs) You know? So, yeah. Man
2: things
0: like that like uh, you just brought back a flash of like memories mm-hmm. and like literally fighting to just be able to go to a football game especially this was before we had cars yes yes how you getting there how you get home yes of course like that's standard but like mm-hmm. um just wanted to do child shit yeah you had to fight to do child shit mhm granted where we grew up it it, is hard yeah of course of course Shit, I mean but (laughs) you're raising your kid to live in fear Mm -hmm. to have constant anxiety I'm having constant anxiety because now that I'm out if I don't text you the minute you hit me if I don't if I miss a phone call if I forget if it slips on my mind to text you when I made it somewhere now it's my ass Mm -hmm. like it's literally my ass no literally and now you're creating anxiety in me every time I go out. Now, now it's like, fuck. I gotta check, make sure. Like I text her, like, mm-hmm. okay, no, we good, we good. Why is my heart racing about checking in with my mom? Why, why, why is it such an issue for you to just check in on me, like, or trust me? me? Yeah,
2: or even just
1: trust me, or trust me. Yeah, like, or trust
2: me. You know, and half the
1: time, like, you know, most of us had iPhones. My mom had my location anyway. Bro. So, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, things like that it would just really get to me. I'm like, like, it's not even fun to go out. <laughs> you know what
0: I'm saying? Man, about the location shit, and this is something that happened in college. Like, mm-hmm. this is being sheltered in fucking college.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I, low-key, so my mom, she put locations and shit on our phones, like, around my senior year of high school. Mm-hmm. And, um you know, it was fine, whatever. Uh, going to college, I didn't really give a fuck about it because I was just like, she don't really know where I'm at, but you know, she can see if I'm like at the library blah, 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 right, I guess. Right. Like, you know. I remember like sometimes on my phone, and now, this is, this is not an app that I'm touching every day. Or I'm not fucking with. Like, one, I'm in college. Not only am I in college, I am hundreds of miles away. I am 13 hours away in a car. Mm-hmm. Like, You know, just for context. And so I'm not worried about me being somewhere that my mom won't approve. Like, And at the end of the day, I'm a fucking adult. But the fact that that's the thought in the back of my mind, like, will my mom fuck with me being here type shit? But it's like, no, it don't fucking matter. I had to get through that freshman Mm -hmm. year shit.
1: No, that's Um, real. That's real. I feel like that's why I didn't go... Like, Like, I didn't... Like, I don't know if you remember, but I, I talked about how... I hated like my college experience somewhat because I was so nervous to do things because I was so sheltered mm-hmm. from a young age that I thought you know doing certain things like well my mom approved like what if she find out like yeah. and the thing is it doesn't matter like if you I don't. can go back to freshman year and me girl go live your life like go experience life girl go, like it'll so. be okay it will be okay it'll like be okay I, I just, wish. <laughs> I wish I was allowed to like make those mistakes while I was younger. I'm still young. I'm only 22. We both are only 22, but mm-hmm. I will say it's different of making those mistakes in college than making those mistakes in the real world. Talk about it. You know, because now saying? I just feel
0: like I'm behind the damn curve. Like, why no. am I still? I'm still exhibiting childish behaviors. Yes,
1: <laughs> like because I was not allowed to live, to, you know, choose certain paths, to do certain things. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And Man. going back to the question, I feel like that's what I missed out on. Like, that's why, you know, like my college experience was somewhat as because,
0: you know. Man, and just about um, what I was going to say, just real quick, mm-hmm. my mom yelled at me because sometimes the app, if I updated it or turned it off, the app would sign out. And then she couldn't Mm, see my location. That's real. Mm -hmm. You know, she used to blow my fucking phone up over that shit. Yeah, I believe. And threatened to just cut off everything, you know. I'm a college student, so, yeah, I'm getting money from home. A little, you know, 20 here, 50 here. Of course. And she's threatening me because of an app that I don't touch. And it mysteriously logged me out. Every time I'm like, yo, I'm sorry, I'm going to log back in. Like, I'm not touching, like. (laughs)
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Why why are you screaming at me about this right now? No, for real. Do, are you really watching this app to see where I'm at and you mm-hmm. don't even know You don't even live in the state I live I'm in right now. Right. Like it's it's frustrating. It. Mhm. man Yeah, like not in college now.
1: Come on. Okay. <laughs> um but I feel like my my next thing like kind of ties into this a little bit. Um mm-hmm from us being sheltered at such a young age, what effect did that have on a Like, what strain did that basically have on relationships between you and your parents? Mm. Or did it have a strain, um, as I should say?
0: I think uh, it did have a strain for for years, um, specifically speaking, like, with my mom, because my relationship with my dad has always been rocky, and then he dropped out of my life, and boom, sayonara. No. But...
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but um with my mom I feel like especially once I got to high school is really when my strain with her started to take root as a child I'm kind of just doing whatever she says like I'm just kicking it living life like I don't even know if I was fully mindful in a lot of the things I was doing like around middle school mm-hmm. um, but um high school is where the strain started to come in because, you know, we really start to develop our personalities or at least attempt to start to try to mm-hmm. develop who we are or who we think we want to be and stuff like that. We, we getting social lives. That's the biggest part. Yes. Our social lives are increasing. Um, but me and my mom started to, butt the, towards my, towards the end of my high school career. And, um, I didn't really, what, when I really understood my mom, sad to say, is I didn't really understand her as a, as a human being, as a person, as a woman, as a Black woman, until my sophomore year of college. And it took, it took death in our family on top of my mental health being terrible to the point where I was in the hospital. And I'm having a conversation with her over the phone and through my psychiatrist, I gained a sense, a better sense of my mom, you know, as I'm detailing our stories and our fights and what we were even fighting about, uh, basically I, um, to give context, my mother and I fought when my mental health was really low and I was at my final breaking point. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was starting to cut me off, like. Completely, not just financially, but just like, boom, like completely. And so I was freaking out. Um, My aunt told me to check into a hospital and through my psychiatrist, I learned, you know, through all of our stories I was telling him, he was giving me inside of, you know, what she might be thinking as a parent. You know, he was explaining how, you know, they're in the same kind of generation and the way that their parents treated them. Um, They want to be better parents than their parents but they're still scared and they still have a leash on us and they're, they're scared of the world, not necessarily just trying to be um, necessarily like abusive or just overly aggressive, you know, and, and, and just not connecting with children. But basically what I learned, I really learned and gained a sense of empathy for my mother. Um, and I really started to understand all the fights that we've been through and I started to understand them from her perspective is just being a human being with emotions who goes through shit, who's not always happy all the time. And then that's when I took away the kind of mom idol that I had her placed under. I kind of just saw her as a, as a, for lack of a better word, like character, like she's mom. Like that's, that's that. Mm -hmm. She makes things happen. I wouldn't have shit without her. You know, she just, she, she's great at whatever she does. Like, how could she understand what's going on in my head? And it's not like she really cared to ask many times what's going on in my head. That's true. It took me till college to really um, view my mom as a human being, you know? And our, I think uh, around our high school, excuse me, I'm like stuttering, but Mm -hmm. around our senior year when everybody started going on our retreat, And that retreat, everybody was coming back glowing. And really, the base of that retreat was just to understand that we are all the same and going through emotional, traumatizing, and just really hard shit as human beings, as women. Mm -hmm. Um, And just being able to relate with somebody on an aspect that's not always super positive and happy, because that's not life. Like Everybody's not super positive and happy all the time. That was the first eye-opening thing for me as to see people around me as humans who also go through ups and downs. Then I had to do that with my parent. I had to do that with my mom. Um, And I think our relationship is better because of it. We kind of both had to, she had to stop looking at me as the child and look at me as, you know, a being, a human interacting in the world. And I had to take off the idol kind of stop you know placing her on such a high pedestal because she's not a superhero she's not invincible and she hurts on levels that I probably won't understand simply because she's been on this earth longer than me exactly um but I just feel like uh being sheltered uh you don't really get to gain I didn't I didn't feel like I got to gain a really close emotional connection with my mom mm-hmm. um definitely not with my father but um I I feel like had she kind of had you know heart to hearts heart she opened up about her feelings how she was feeling you know when she was low you know maybe trying to talk to me about it you know just use me as a sounding board like yeah I probably don't have any advice to give you but I find it very comforting to just talk to people about what's going on in my head, not even searching for advice, just trying to get it off my mind. But I feel like if we've had, if we had that line of communication open um, while I was younger, we would be able to deal. We would have been able to handle certain situations that happen in our lives better individually and together. But you know, um,
1: you know what's so real? I'm, I'm gonna let you finish. I'm sorry. No, I'm good. No, no, yeah. yeah what was so real about that? I literally just realized we're coming from two different standpoints of being sheltered right now. Like I'm yeah. coming from the standpoint of experiences. Like I, I was lost on so many experiences as a kid, or I had to be sneaky to get these mm-hmm. things, or. Um, and I'm sorry, or you're coming from the experience of communication, how things were not communicated with you. And like, I forgot that that, that's really big. Like, you know, yeah. you telling kids what's going on, we finna lose the house. I don't know about it. You know what I'm saying? Like things like that. Like, yes, I feel like there is a certain level of things that yes, you should keep away from your kids. So especially at a young age to where like, they're not worrying so much. Mm-hmm. however there are things that you should tell them so that they know what's going on because what you won't tell exactly. a person they will you know what i'm saying oh
0: my create mom, scenarios
1: yeah my mom can't give me this new playstation what's she doing with her money turns out y'all can lose the house tell you know what i'm saying like tell yeah. like yes kids shouldn't have to worry but they are also people they should know what's going on Mm-hmm. So I think that's so interesting. Like we're literally coming from two different yeah. uh, situations with this. <laughs> yeah, it's so dope, and that's why I was saying like
0: being sheltered is just defined by your experience, like mm-hmm. by your household. Um, it comes in a lot of different um ways, and I think it's something that everybody's probably experienced once or twice in their life,
1: at least. Yeah. At least, if yeah. it's not just a thing that you live every day. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like no, nah, that's real. I feel like for me, it had a strain on me and my mom's relationship. Like we were obviously, you know, teens gonna be teens. I was a teen. We we mm-hmm. both said you know, during high school it got pretty bad between mm-hmm. me and my dad. I was never really close to my dad because of things that happened in my childhood but me and my mom definitely and like you said looking at your your parent as a human will help you understand why they had to or why they felt that they had to protect you from so much stuff in life mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so like i didn't realize that until i got older as to why like my mom felt that she had to protect me from so much because of things that she experienced in life I mm-hmm. so try to shelter that from me. And I've, I honestly, now that I'm older, I do understand that somewhat, but I do feel like it's important to let the leash go a little bit because now as an adult, um, this is something that I have to go to therapy on. I'm just so angry that I was, I felt so left out. Like I looked at my mm-hmm. childhood and I just see like empty blocks. I see empty blocks that needed to be filled with some type of extracurricular some type of experience mm-hmm. some type of traveling some type of meeting new people seeing new things visiting new places and mm-hmm. i was never given that opportunity i was never given that opportunity and i felt so lost because of it and i you know and sometimes being sheltered made me feel that the only thing that i had was education like that was the only thing mm-hmm. i was good at the mm-hmm. only thing that i had because i was not allowed to do anything else Mm -hmm. And I will always say, like, the only thing I got is education and I ain't even too good at that because I was, you know, you got to Macaulay and like, no offense, I got out of uh, my grammar school, which it was in a predominantly black neighborhood, which obviously didn't have the best funding, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. I got out of my grammar school, went to Macaulay, realized I wasn't, you know, the best of best anymore. I'm competing, like they said, in grammar school, I'm competing with these, these kids in these better neighborhoods, da, 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 da. you know what I'm saying so like but going back to that like I feel like me and my mom like we even now like I'm not going to say we will never be close but me and my mom we have kind of like a distant relationship because of how much she sheltered me and I'm trying to Mm -hmm. learn to live with the kid in me that was not allowed to do anything Mm now I'm at the age of 22 and I'm looking back and I'm just like, what did I accomplish in life? What did I do? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm looking towards my future. And at the age, the grown age of 22, and I feel so old. I feel so old now because I'm mm-hmm. sitting here and I'm just like, what did I accomplish from um from the age of birth to 22? And yes, I have a bunch of life to yet live. Yes. But this right. is how I feel now. And my feelings are valid now. I feel right. now that I I just wish I would have done more. I wish I would have been given the opportunity to do more because I felt like I had to go out and make those experiences for myself when yeah. I became of age. Yeah. And because And because I had to do that, I feel so left out on so many things and I'm angry with her because of that. I'm not going to lie. I am angry with her, but I'm, you mm-hmm. know, through therapy, once I, you know, able to go to therapy girl, you know how the United States insurance is. <laughs> girl, <laughs> hey, hey. hey. That could be.
2: That's another
1: podcast. That could be okay. That could be a talk about <laughs> But once I'm <laughs> able to like go to get therapy and stuff, I feel like I will overcome that. Hopefully, I you know I pray I'm able to overcome that because you never want to be angry with nobody because of what they thought that was right for you. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, that's
2: Man. that's
0: how I feel. And just like you were saying, um, how our how our stories are like different and you were saying you're saying how you're you aren't allowed to do things and for me for me coming from things were done for me always Mm -hmm. uh I was just thrown into the world like you know certain things I didn't I just really didn't have to worry about um and then it started to hit me when I realized like yo I don't know how to file taxes. I don't even know how to go through an administrative process handling, um, financial aid at my HBCU was a nightmare and I would ask my mom for help. And she'd just be like, well, figure it out. That I learned was just being passive aggressive, but, um, just an example of how I'm seeing it now, uh, and things being done for me. It's, it's, I feel like it, I've been feeling as though it's all, it's been a trust thing this whole time. Mm-hmm. As if I, on my side, I just feel like she doesn't trust me. Uh, something recent happened to me. It was unfortunate. I ordered some shoes <sighs> from fucking Steve Madden. Ooh. And i was so excited. Girl, they were so cute. I was so excited. And I got the package, opened it up, and it was full of fucking worms. What? Badass, fucking disgusting as big juicy Where did ass you,
1: Wait, where'd you get
0: these from? I got them. I ordered off the Steve Madden website, off the fucking Steve Madden website. My shoes came with fucking worms live and in color, squirming around. <laughs> like,
2: what the fuck? Uh, Bro, what?
0: You know, I'm freaking out. I'm literally in the middle of a session. My my coworker and shit. Like that shit was mm-hmm. crazy. But um, <laughs> the point of the story is, I was my anxiety was. Oh, I was freaking out. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I knew what to do. And I had a friend there as well, but I called my mom who was just like, oh, like, oh my gosh, like, let me tell her, like, let's see what she says, blah, blah, blah. So I did tell the situation to her and she's like, okay, well, you know, this is what I think you should do X, Y, and Z. And so I had a little moment, I was just like, but uh, do you think, like, is any way I could, like, save the shoes? Like, I mm-hmm. really wanted them. Like,
2: what the fuck? Like,
0: what do I need to do? To my apartment? Like, what, can I wash them, like, three right. times? I'm like, you know, and she like, you know, I'm not really being serious. Like, yeah, I really wanted the shoes, but I was not. Good. <laughs> right. But she kind of just started getting like, I could tell she got real tense, like attitude sort of popping up. And um, she was like, okay, well, I told you what to do. And I'm, I'm at church or something like, she was like, I'm at church. So, or no, no, she was like, I'm on the way to the hospital. So uh, I'll, I'll talk to you later. I have to go and just hung up. And I'm like. Okay. And then later that day I get a passive, aggressive text message saying, you know, here's what I would do. I would go to Home Depot. I would get this, smoke bomb, fumigate the house, and uh do X, Y, and Z. Um, that's that's just what I would do. So and in that moment, it just reminded me of a whole bunch of other um um instances where she I'm I'm coming to her where I'm I'm just detailing something that happened to me and you know, yes, I want your motherly advice, but the minute that I show an attitude or a mindset or a thought that's different from what she thinks is best, you know, mother knows fucking best.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, she gets upset, and now now she's upset at me. Like, and I and I just I don't understand. So it makes me feel like um, she she doesn't trust me to make certain decisions for myself right like um and you know just things from like not knowing like I said not knowing how to do my taxes not knowing how to go through stuff like getting food stamps like um shit what what else it was something so stupid that I um that I didn't know how to do and it was just because like it was just always done for me and I think as like the only child like that's fine. I feel like now I feel like I'm super unprepared for life as an adult. Like, especially in college, trying to get to the state that I am now, I'm like, mm-hmm. how the fuck am I supposed to do this? How am I supposed to support myself as a human being? I have to, I have to survive, and for that, I need money. On top of that, I have to make sure that my mind is straight too. Like...
1: no, yeah, but, that's real. Um. My next question, ma'am um if you were to talk to your ten year old self um about like being sheltered and like things you that you were experiencing at the time or not even ten if you don't want to do, you can do somewhere in your high school years or anywhere that like affected you most, you know being sheltered at that age mm-hmm. what would you say to yourself at this time?
2: Man, Mm -hmm.
0: um, I think I would have to talk to my college, like, maybe, like, senior year going into college, so, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: um, because that's when I really just started noticing the behaviors. I would just, I would just want to tell her, you know, one, you are loved. (laughs) Period. (laughs) No, (laughs) seriously, seriously, one, you are loved, like. It's okay. Um, sometimes your mother is projecting because she's going through a lot of things that you cannot comprehend, begin to comprehend. and would not comprehend until something bad happened. But um, I would try to, I would tell her to kind of, one, have patience with mom because sometimes I'd be, you know, quick to temper about some shit with her, but be patient with growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I really felt like I just didn't know how to do anything, and I just felt like, okay, you know, 18, you're legal now, like, you're an adult, all this stuff, and I, I just really felt incompetent, because I, I wasn't somebody who was out here getting their own money. I wasn't somebody who could support themselves. Um and on top of that I'm ra- I'm raking in debt. It's <laughs> girl, who you telling? <laughs> um but really I would just yeah, I would just um Sorry, this is just like a really important question. It's like, so shout No, away. yeah,
1: it, that's exactly
0: what it is. Hey, that's exactly <laughs> yeah, like, what it literally. is. Yeah. Um, I would just tell her, like, you're doing fine. Like, you are exactly where you need to be. And that's because this is your experience and it's nobody else's. So, no one else can really have too much of a say.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know what I'm saying? You can pick up on advice, you can listen to others all you want. But at the end of the day, you have to realize that your choices are your own. You, you choose the life that you want to live. There, There's nothing holding you back now, literally. Um, it might seem like it because your, your mom has a financial hold on you, going into school and stuff like that, which is really a big thing, manipulation through money. Hey, mm-hmm. um, yes. But through all of that, Know that her love is so unconditional that she would never do that to you. Um, and she and your mom loves you, but she's figuring out how to raise an adult child in a really scary world. So, I would just say, like, just know that you are doing exactly what you should be doing right now,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, however fucking stupid it is. Because I used to do it some stupid ass shit.
1: Girl, who you telling? Who are
0: you telling? But I think and it's such, I feel like it's such a vague and basic message, but you you can only do so much. You know, I can't change my mom's behavior at that time. I can only try to prepare myself for it. So I would mm-hmm. just tell her you know, just have patience, breathe through it and maybe try talking to your friends more about situations at home and being more open about it and keeping those lines of communication open um, so that you don't feel like your mom is your only source for you know certain things mm-hmm. uh, in your life emotionally like like or and not even that, not even emotionally, I'm just talking about life shit like I'm pretty sure one of your bitches knows. How to sign you up for a fucking food stamp card? Yeah, all you got to do is ask. Like all you, you got to do is you ask. You know, mm-hmm. there are more resources outside of your family. Unfortunately, sometimes family is not the best fucking option
2: mm-hmm. at the
0: time. And so, it's just really important to um, think about the family that you you've gained, you've earned, not that was given to you, and you reach out to them. And because they love you and you love them. And like blood is mud sometimes,
2: but You're really, absolutely
1: right. girl, just, I would just tell a it, girl, it's okay. You got to keep going.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: that's real. I'm trying to think like what age would I go back to? Cause I feel like there are so many ages in like my lifetime. I can go back to, Exactly. But I think if I had to choose one, I would say freshman year me in college freshman year me in college because I was so scared I was so nervous I didn't really do much I didn't really meet a lot of people like whatever whatever but if I can go back and tell myself something I would tell myself that you are so young girl and like I would tell myself this because I hear people who are 30 saying this now that you are so young, like you still have so much time left, but it never feels like it at this age. It don't feel like I have a lot of time left. Like I feel it's like everything's going so fast. Girl, because everything feels like it's going so fast. Like my last four years of college went by so fast. I want to tell myself to enjoy that time, girl. Like, what are you not enjoying yourself for? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? What are you what are you scared of? You know, mm-hmm. like I feel like being sheltered causes caused. Me to be so scared of conversations, of experience, scared to do a lot of things, you know.
0: Anxiety is a fucking bitch, bro. Yes.
1: It it taught me to be scared. It taught me to be scary. And throughout my college career, I was very scary. I just started doing stupid stuff my senior year. Like, literally, I just started doing (laughs) stupid stuff. Um, Uh So, yeah. So, I would just want to tell myself, like, it is okay to take a leap of faith you are young make mistakes nah pick another major girl you know what i'm saying you don't have to
2: <laughs> girl that's Sheesh. another
1: that's another real time. shit yeah like you don't have to confine yourself to what you think that people think that you should be girl you know what I'm saying? I came in the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Like yep. you you be thinking, like, oh no, my mama said I should do this. My granny said I should do this. Maybe I should do it. No, girl. Thank for your mom, sis. This. Think for yourself. Yes. S- Hello. Like, can you anybody can- hear me? Like, like
0: what you want to do in your head is valid. Do it. Like, yeah, you know what I, I'm saying?
1: Yes, like I will all like this is one thing I've been telling people a lot. Go back to what you wanted to do as a child. Ask childhood, you, what did you want to do, sis? What was in that big brain of yours, sis? You know what I'm saying? Ask childhood you <laughs> before everybody else had the time to plant seeds inside of you that weren't your flower to grow. Ask, you know what I'm saying? Like, what's what's going on? So I would tell myself that, like, it's okay to flip flop around it. Like, it's okay to find your own groove, find your own space. You know, live your own life. Cause I felt like sometimes I would be living the life of family members because they did not get a chance to do certain things that I'm getting a chance to do.
2: And that's, yeah. that
1: was, that was never fair to me. So yeah, I, whew, girl, I would tell, I would tell me a lot of stuff. <laughs> <You're preached. laughs> Many different, pre- whatever, whatever. <laughs> um, I've got two more questions for you, I believe. So we're gonna jump right into it. (laughs) Okay, do you feel being sheltered protected you from any worldly evils? And if you need time to think Um, first, yeah, you can go ahead and go first. (sighs) Because I know this is a really tough question to process, so I was just like, "Yeah, girl." Um, I would say. I would say yes. I would say yes. I remember one time I was coming out. I don't want to age myself, lol. <laughs> well, I, already, I already told my age. But I remember one time I was yeah, coming right. out. <laughs> I don't, should I say the place? I'll just say it. I was coming out of the arc of St. Sabina and um, it was at night. We all know St. Sabina's and I Yeah, it's in the hood. I'm not even finishing the coding. <laughs> like, yeah, coding. It's in the hood. And um, I was walking. And these two guys, I don't know if they were going to approach me to rob me, sexually harass me. Like, I don't know. But one was coming around the car. One was coming from my back. And I don't know what they was going to do. And I heard the guy say, like, oh, why didn't you do it? He said, Oh no, bro. I just couldn't. You know? And after that, my mom saw what happened. I never went back to the ark. So sometimes, sometimes, you know, taking your kids out of certain environments or not having certain conversations can be beneficial.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, having them not see certain things can be beneficial. Mm-hmm. There were certain things in life that I wish I could unsee. There were certain things in life that I wish I could unexperience. There are certain things that haunt me to this day that I wish I did not have to go through. Mm. So I do feel like some things in life, I wish were kept for me more than others. Uh, mm-hmm. I wish some relationships were kept from me more than others. Um, Cause there is a lot of evil in this world. There is a lot of evil in places yeah. that you go, especially as a child, because you sometimes you've seen certain things you shouldn't see, you hear certain things you shouldn't hear. And mm-hmm. although parent think that they can protect you from everything that cannot and sometimes they're protecting you from the wrong people and the wrong things when they should be looking the other way
2: mm-hmm.
1: so I would mm-hmm. definitely say yeah I mean I, I, I do feel like that being sheltered in some aspects protect me from some worldly evils I just wouldn't wish, wish it would protect me from others mm-hmm. uh, sometimes but
2: yeah, yeah. Sometimes.
0: I feel you, yeah. Oh my gosh, bro! Like stuff like that, yeah. I have a story like that of just wanting to go to the mall, and my mom had heard. I don't know how she heard, but like she used to work at a school, so mm-hmm. she used to be around like all the little kids and all the everybody was talking about going to the uh, mall, going to Ridge mm-hmm. on a Saturday. And I wanted to go so bad, and she would not let me go. Um, and it's not because that uh, her reason was like, she, like certain people who was going, she ain't, she ain't like them. She knew what they'd be up to or whatever. And she didn't want me to be involved. And not that these people had anything to do with what happened on that Saturday, but basically fucking tomorrow got shut up. Basically. Yeah,
1: I'm, I knew what you were talking about this. I knew exactly what you was talking about. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Tomorrow got shut up. Yep. Like, oh, Mm -hmm. well, okay. I didn't need to be there. Yep. (laughs) The fuck. But um, I think uh, something that my parents now, my parents kind of had this thing where they would live vicariously through me a lot. Mm -hmm. But and so one of the things is they would kind of approve or disapprove my friends, you know, say or disapprove my friends. Um. And I will say they kept that grass cut and a lot of friendships. Um, low key and my, my as a child, like middle school type shit. And, and a little bit of high school, but um a lot of my a lot of my friends, like a lot of their discretion in terms of like who they wanna meet around, like a sleepover, a birthday party or something like that. Uh in the long run, it wasn't any company that I wanted or um uh, mm-hmm. that i need I may have wanted to keep it, but it's not somebody's company that I needed to keep
2: uh
0: certain things went down in certain households as certain sleepovers, and um that i was, i could have been that I was dying and I was begging and pleading to go to and basically somebody's uh mama's boyfriend. Somebody's mom's boyfriend. Get, yep, I've men. Get excuse me, um, but you know it's, it's a sick world we live in where I can't go to a sleepover because it might be a predator that somebody's dating. You know what I'm saying?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, <laughs> and then that became a thing. Like, honestly, my mom did not rock with like somebody who was like dating someone, like they weren't married, whatever marriage meant to her. But because of that situation where somebody's mama's boyfriend actually did end up touching somebody's child, that was all that needed to be, uh, Mm -hmm. that was all that needed to happen. That's all we needed to hear. And um, I mean, unfortunately, like, I'm glad I, I wasn't there. Like, that's, I would not want that to be me. Like, that's really fucked up. Um, but yeah, I guess it came in handy when I really did not want it. Like I really wanted to go to that fucking that sleepover, but in the long run, the universe showed me that it was in my best interest to stay home. Yeah. Um, but it's just sad that one incident like that will frame a lot of experiences after that.
2: Mm-hmm. It's sad it
0: has to be like that,
1: but Yeah that's true yeah um so my last question mom um I hope you enjoyed yourself thank you so much for yes. telling your <laughs> story um uh, it's just
2: this is such
1: so good. it's just like this is such a, I still have one more question for you <laughs> but it's just been such a good like talk just to like talk things out man and, and like yeah so before for I the okay before i finish it off and like you know we get right is there anything (laughs) that you want to say to like the listeners to basically like help them cope um with being sheltered you know because you know we both went through that is there anything Mm -hmm. that you could like tell them like help them through this or things that helped you or what did you do
0: um talk to people about it Mm. about how you're feeling. I feel like one of the best things that could have happened for me just going through just these old memories and stuff like that is meeting you and like, and being able to, you know, our friendship allowing us to connect on certain levels with this being one of them.
2: Mm -hmm. And
0: now we have a a space, open space to talk about, um, the way that our parental figures have an impact on our lives, um, how they've had an impact on our lives—a a negative impact, unfortunately. But um, and I don't want to just diminish it to being just negative. Let me erase that. Yeah. But just you know, something that created a lot of anxieties in the person we are today.
2: Mm. But
0: I think the best thing that could have happened was for us to be able to even relate on that level. And so for anybody, I just feel like one of my biggest issues is harboring things in my heart and my soul that are on my mind. And you never really know the toll it takes on you until the damage is done. Mm. Um, And so we may not have control over being in a sheltered household, um, uh, or having a, a overbearing pro, a parent, overprotective parent, over wary parent, um, things of that nature. But the best thing we can do is just try to take care of ourselves and our, our minds. And you do that by surrounding yourself with people who love you, um, friends, finding finding a community. And just, and, and whoever it may be, I have a community in my cat.
2: <laughs> Period. But,
0: um, <laughs> I no, but like, yeah, literally just, just, um, one of, just talking to people, talking to uh, someone who is willing to listen, mind you, now mm-hmm. you can't just talk to anybody, but if you know, you have a good source, a good, um, a good friend, a true friend, and you know they'll love you no matter what, as if your situation should impact what they think of you anyway. That's not a friend. But, you know, just try to talk about it as much as you can. And now I get that access to people is definitely limited, especially being in a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Like I haven't seen you in person in so Fucking long. So long. <laughs> and now I live in a whole different state. Yes. And so like I find that literally all my friends are really not around me. Like my only friend is sadly my boyfriend. <laughs> but mm-hmm. if he was not here, I would be journaling. Um and I would be just trying to get those thoughts out of my head and, you know, somewhere external.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: so if it's not through talking to somebody else, then journaling is we'll do wonders if you really just start writing down one thing that you're thinking about you'll just find your hand moving. i find myself writing pages and pages and pages and that's just a form of talking to yourself too yes amen so that man.
1: Too, man yeah nah, that's real i feel like i want y'all to know a lot <laughs> like i <laughs> want i want like i just want to say that like Yes. Journal. You're like, yes. Like write out your feelings, all of that. But what Amber really hit it on the head, talk to people like I'm one of the people that like keep things bottled up. I've always been that way. I don't know why I keep a lot of things bottled up. And when it comes out, it's bad. OK, yeah. it's bad. So it's so important to really talk to people uh, about how you feel, especially about a topic like this. Because you'll never know, and this is the whole reason why I made this podcast, you will never know what people are going through unless you talk to them. And you will find that there is a community of people out there that are just like you, and you will realize that, oh... If I would, you know, just slightly open and don't get me wrong. I know it is so hard to open yourself up. I know it is Mm -hmm. because you don't know who's out here. Who's nice. You don't know who's out here to get you because Mm -hmm. not everybody has the best intentions. Let's just keep it a G. But just opening yourself up to be able to relate to people, to talk to people, you know, journal. I just want to let y'all know that this is a space to where we can talk about these harsh topics. The transition covers so much because there's so much to cover within the transition, life Mm -hmm. transitions, period. You know, this is just the transition to being an adult, you know, from being sheltered off so many years. But life, you will more so be in a transition in life than you will be in in a place of stability. So just make sure like during this transition of realizing like of coping, um, with what happened when you were younger and of coping of what happened when you were in college, of coping what happened when, you know, with your parents in relationships, remember to relax, talk it out, journal it out, go seek therapy, do things, do whatever will make you feel better, paint, do it through media, through a book, like whatever it is, you know.
2: Chris,
1: (laughs) Girl, one thing I will say, I love how you put this. You really don't know. That's, I literally typed it down while you was talking, but you don't know (laughs) the toll it'll take until the damage is done. Cause you really don't. And And that's probably one of the realest things I heard tonight between the both of us. You will not know the toll that it's taken on you until the damage is done until you're 22 like me and you feeling it and you unemployed and you just graduated and you're trying to figure out life and then everything you know all of the tra- traumatic events of your childhood has smacked you down at once and you're sitting mm-hmm. here trying to figure out why am I like this <laughs> you know what I'm saying so real shit yeah but overall Amber I just want to thank you for coming here and introducing really? my podcast and I hope you thank you so
2: much
0: this was an honor this was an honor oh my gosh
1: this I'm so great. glad love that I love for you to tell your story on this platform I hope that her story encourages people to come up share your story with other people share your story with friends mm-hmm. share your story with me if you want to yes. Um, come live, speak on the show, like do whatever y'all want to do. But I want this to be an open space, an open dialogue to where people are able to express themselves, to help other people express themselves, because it always takes that one to lead a tribe. So thank you so much, Amber. Thank you, Apollo. Thank you so much. This is awesome. I love you, man. i end this by saying, if you like what you heard, please, please, please subscribe and listen to this podcast, tell a friend, and then make sure they tell another friend, of course. My goal here is to build a community so no one ever feels alone like I have, especially um, during these transitional periods in life. And I have so many more topics that I'm going to be talking about. And I literally know what I want to do for my next one. I'm so excited to do it. Um, So hit me up on Instagram, text me, call me, DM me. Um, Let me know what you thought. Give me your honest opinions. And also, of course, let me know if there's any particular topic you would like to hear more about or you would like to come in the show and speak on or even write in. This is a special reminder for all podcast updates and to stay in tune with me. Please follow um, the podcast page on Instagram. It's the.transition.podcast on Instagram. Please give me a follow, shout me out, promote me, tell a friend. Um, I really want this to be as helpful for as many people as possible. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to me, listening to my guest here today. And yeah, just spread the word and your girl Apollo is signing out. Thanks.